0: This is a Woodside Church podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Tim and it's my privilege today to be introducing our Woodside Church Summer Preaching Series. The title of this series is Prophets Speak, Words for Now from the Heart of God. In the New Testament, we read that someone who prophesies strengthens others, encourages and comforts them. And in this new summer preaching series, we're going to look at some words spoken by Old Testament prophets, which bring us strength, encouragement and comfort. Over the following weeks, a variety of preachers from within our church will speak from the prophets Isaiah, Jeremiah, Habakkuk, Joel, Micah, Haggai and Zechariah. Our main aim will be to bring you words of strength, encouragement and comfort, which were spoken by the prophets as recorded in the Bible. Each passage holds such uh, much relevance and help today in the current situation that we find ourselves in with the global pandemic and its consequences. Today. I'm going to launch off with a message entitled, Remember. It's from the book of Lamentations, a book found within the section of the Bible where we find the Old Testament prophets, straight after the book of Jeremiah. Jewish tradition says that it was written by Jeremiah, but we don't actually know who, for sure, who wrote the book. I've read it twice during the lockdown, and even though it's a gruelling read, I found it really helpful. It records one of the worst times in Israel's history, when Jerusalem was first held in siege by the powerful Babylonian army, and then taken into captivity and exile many miles away from home. It describes graphically the downturn of events experienced at that time, the starvation leading to cannibalism, the destruction of the city, the cruelty of their captors, the desolation, the anguish, the separation and the humiliation. The first few verses in Lamentations start like this. Jerusalem, once so full of people, is now deserted. She who was once great among the nations now sits alone like a widow. Once the queen of all the earth, she is now a slave. She sobs through the night. Tears stream down her cheeks. Among all her lovers, there is no one left to comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her and become her enemies. Judah has been led away into captivity, oppressed with cruel slavery. She lives among foreign nations And has no place to rest her enemies have chased her down and she has nowhere to turn and by the time we get to halfway through that chapter in verse 16 chapter 1 lamentations we read this for all these things the prophet says i weep tears flow down my cheeks no one is here to comfort me any who might encourage me are far away my children have no future for the enemy has conquered us. Now, let me say at this point that we are allowed to lament. It's in the Bible. In fact, the definition of lament is a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. Now, note it's not a complaint, it's not an expression of bitterness or rebellion, but it is. Deep, heartfelt feeling of how things are and crying out for a solution. Jesus lamented. He wept over Jerusalem because of their hardness of heart. When Lazarus died, he wept. In Gethsemane, he prayed with sweat and blood pouring from his forehead, saying, If at all possible, take this cup from me. And on the cross he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some modern Christians have been influenced by the power of positive thinking. The idea that if you think positive things and ignore or block out any negative thoughts, then positive things will happen. This is not a biblical idea. In the Bible we are encouraged again and again to consider the facts, to be honest about them and to lament when it's appropriate. And then as we lament, to remember God, who he is and what he has promised. To turn to God for his help, for his strength, encouragement and comfort for his deliverance, salvation and restoration. When we do this, everything changes, even if our circumstances remain the same. It's not our positive thinking that brings about the change, but God himself, who enters into our situation as our saviour, our deliverer, Our Father and our Friend. This is exactly what the writer of Lamentations did. Because by the time we get to chapter 3, in verses 20 and 24, he says this I will never forget this awful time. And as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to them myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The prophet has been lamenting over the disaster that has happened to his nation and to him personally, but he still dares to hope when he remembers that the faithful love of the Lord never ends, his mercies never cease, his faithfulness is great and his mercies are new every morning. As many of you know, I was hospitalised in April with COVID-19. And I'm going to read to you uh, something quite personal. It's a text uh, message uh, that I sent to Martin in reply to one of his um, from hospital, which was like a lament, but also with some remembering. And because I am recording this message on my telephone, I'm just going to, I printed it off and I'm going to read it to you as I texted it to Martin. And Martin just texted me very kindly. He was a great friend and pastor at that particular time uh, and sending me regular messages and encouragements. And he just says, hi, Tim, how are you feeling today? And this was my reply. A little bit graphic in a few places and uh, uh, it makes me a little bit vulnerable, but this is just how it was. Hi, Martin, quite tired today and coughing a lot. If I don't regularly cough up mucus, I become very breathless, which is what gave me a rough night last night. I have a lot of diarrhoea, but this is only a side effect to the very strong antibiotics they are giving me in large doses intravenously, which is the best they can do to help me fight the COVID virus and pneumonia, which is in both of my lungs. X-ray and clinical examination show this. It's serious enough for me to stay in hospital and not go home. That's why I'm having regular blood tests, to measure how effectively or not I'm naturally defeating the virus. At the moment, not sufficiently enough. This is the best they can do. But in the end, as we all know, there is no known cure for this one. Only a miracle from Jesus. Not an easy place in the ward right now. Staff are very stretched, some patients are very poorly, some are dying. All this sounds negative, but it's not. It's just facing the facts. Up to now, I've been generally improving, although nights are hard, vital readings are good, and my doctor said this morning that despite my condition, I'm looking healthy. I'm trusting God, but of course, I'm still in hospital, still believing God for a full recovery. It's truly a long-haul fight. I'm listening to Rachel's Woodside Worship playlist, which were a great blessing. Having good opportunities to talk about the Lord and share God's love in my ward bay, although today everyone is much more tired. Very hard that no loved ones are allowed in here, at all, for understandable medical reasons. Thanks very much for being in touch. I would really value everyone's ongoing prayers. And then in block capital letters at the very end of the text, I just say this. But I'm still trusting God for full recovery and enjoying his presence. With love, Tim. For me, remembering and lamenting went hand in hand together. And for me at that time, the remembering included listening to particular praise and worship songs when I was going through the worst. Reading or being reminded of psalms like Psalm 91 and Psalm 23 and reading text messages, bringing encouragement from God, from Catherine and family and friends and praying short meaningful prayers to God, reminding him of his promises. It turned my lament into remembering. And what does this look like for you in your current situation? Every per- person right now has their own story. For some of you, you've been working from home now for, for months. Some of you are parents with children learning from home, trying to teach them while there's no school provision. Or for some of you at the older end of the school age, you were studying for exams that never took place. And now you're nervous about how your teachers will assess you and what grades they'll give. Some of you are university students and your uni's closed early, and you now have the prospect of going back to remote learning for the next academic year. Some of you have been shielded and you've hardly seen anyone face to face and you've not been out yet in public places. Others of you are key workers with greater pressure and more risk than usual every time you go to work. Some have been unwell with COVID-19. Some are seriously unwell with other conditions such as cancer. Some have had treatment delayed and operations cancelled. Some have been furloughed. Some unsure as to whether you'll have a job to go back to. Some may have already lost their job. Some of you are starting back at work now, but it looks very different to how it was before. Some of you are facing financial difficulties and insecurities. Some of you have had a baby in lockdown and you're only now just beginning to introduce your newborn to friends and family. Some have lost loved ones during lockdown and have had to have a funeral with very few attending. Some, in contrast, have really enjoyed this time and benefited from this pause in the normal routines of life while others have had to fight with anxious thoughts, feeling low and feeling lonely. Some of you have, have, uh, maybe in this lockdown, you've been even more affected by the issue of racial prejudice in our society. Some of you live alone. And for you, you have particular challenges. And for many, all the major plans that you had for this year been cancelled, postponed or left uncertain. Whatever your story, you can bring it all to God even if it's in the form of a lament. But with your lament, be inspired by the prophet and dare to hope and remember that the faithful love of the Lord never ends, that his mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. So remember that whatever you've been going through, God's faithful love will never end. He loves you so much. God's love for you is greater, is higher, is wider and deeper than any other love for you. And it will last forever. I've been helped by a number of songs, worship songs and praise songs during this season. And one of them has been a very traditional hymn, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. And I found it really helpful. Verse 3 reads like this, talking of God, father-like, he tends and spares us. Well, our feeble frame, he knows. In his hands, he gently bears us, rescues us from all our foes. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, widely as his mercy flows. Oh. What amazing love the Father has for you and for me. Remember that God's faithfulness is great. And he showed this supremely by sending his own son to die for you. So his love is signed, sealed and delivered directly to you in Christ Jesus. He is so faithful in all your circumstances. You can ask for his help. And strength for all that you are facing and going through right now. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Whatever happened yesterday, however much you messed up, however depressed or discouraged or fed up you were yesterday, his mercies are new for you today. And he's ready to help you begin afresh. You can put your hope in him. The writer of Lamentation starts with a sense of hopelessness and abandon because of what was happening to his nation and what was happening in his own life consequently. But when he remembers these things he starts to see God at work which gives him great hope. So I ask myself well what is God doing at this time? Where is he? in all of this and as i thought about it i can think well i can see the hand of god working through the hard work and dedication of the nhs learned recently that the modern nursing profession founded by florence nightingale who was born 200 years ago this year um, who saw her nursing as a call from god who wanted to minister Christ to the sick and dying as equally as those called to pastor churches. She said that carrying a sick bowl away from a patient was as much a holy calling for her as a church minister bringing the cup of communion to a congregation to drink. I see the hand of God. Working through care home staff, teachers, medical researchers, scientists, shop staff, delivery workers, warehouse workers, the postal service, local authorities, refuse collectors and all the others who've continued working for our well-being during this lockdown. I see God at work through the many kindnesses that have taken place where communities, neighbours and families have drawn closer together. I see God at work where ch- within churches which are continuing to grow, strengthen and flourish, even though they've not been able to meet on Sundays. I seen God at work through the many who've recovered from this virus in answer to prayer. I see God at work through the comfort and support that the grieving have received see God at work through the many who are saying that this time has given them a different perspective on life and caused them to rethink their priorities, what's important in life, including their thoughts about God, faith and eternal life. I see God at work through the stories of God being with individuals in the midst of their suffering. For example, for Catherine and me, when the paramedics came to our house to take me into hospital, we both experienced a supernatural peace that remained with us in the difficult days that followed. A peace that Jesus promised in John 14:27. 27, where he said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. It was amazing and such a sign being with us. I see God at work when I hear Christian friends say that they're longing to be back together again face to face, especially to participate again in corporate worship. I see God at work when I see a greater desire in people to pray and draw close to God. I see God at work when most things that God is doing I don't even know about. In the words of the song Waymaker, Even though I don't see it, you're working. Even though I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. So where's God in all of this? He's with us. He is with each one of you individually. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble so remember in the midst of all that we are going through as the prophet in lamentations reminds us the faithful love of the lord never ends his mercies never cease great is his faithfulness his mercies begin afresh each morning I will hope in him. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, that your word encourages us to be honest with you about how we are feeling even when things are tough. For some of us, we're lamenting right now. Whether we realised it or not, It's been a season of lamenting and in the midst of what is going on in the world and in our own lives, come to us by your Holy Spirit and help each one of us to dare to hope and remember that your faithful love never ends. Your faithfulness is great and your mercies begin afresh each morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.